Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. I'm Ken Chester, and let's get started. To add your voice to the conversation, be it to ask a question, share an opinion, or even suggest a topic for future discussion, call or text the Tech Mobility Hotline. That number, as always, 872-222-9793, or you can email the show, talk at techmobility.show, and that's talk at techmobility.show. And uh, one more thing. If you haven't already, be sure to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Each week, I'm posting a variety of thought-provoking short videos for your viewing pleasure and interaction. And I would love us to reach a 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We're getting closer, but I'd really like to hit that goal. And if we hit it a little early, my feelings ain't hurt. Thank you so very much. From the Tech Mobility News Desk, I got a name for you. Mitsubishi. And it's okay if you if you don't remember it or said, ah, weren't they used to be kind of? You're right. At one time, Mitsubishi Motors, as a standalone company, was very notable in the American marketplace. They fielded a variety of vehicles, uh, awesome vehicles, like the Mitsubishi Galant, the Mitsubishi Lancer, the uh, their first uh, crossover, the Endeavor. They did joint ventures with Chrysler. In fact, built a plant together with Chrysler that Rivian is now using, except when they built it in 1989, it was Diamond Star Motors. It was a joint venture. Mitsubishi would later buy Chrysler out and consolidate all their production there in normal Illinois under something called Project America. Mitsubishi, uh, in the mid uh, first part, the first decade of the new millennium, was going to spend $1.6 billion at normal to bring out a variety of vehicles sourced right there. And it was going to be there, basically the tip of the spear for the American market. Until it wasn't. Until a recession, until an ill-fated program called 000 uh, almost put them out of the American market entirely. They had a lot of missteps, which is unfortunate because these are the same people that developed the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo, which is about as close to a world rally car legal as you can get the only other vehicle that was derived from a world rally competition car, of course, was the Subaru WRX STI, and I've driven both of them. And that Lancer Evo was a beast. Oh, that thing was awesome to drive. That company. Well, since then, they closed the normal plant. It ended up being sold to Rivian. They've pretty much uh, pulled back from the American market. They have a few products out there now. Uh, the Eclipse uh, Cross, they got the Outlander, and I think the Outlander Sport. Their new Outlander, which is basically a lightly redone version of the Nissan Rogue, which is awesome, by the way. I reviewed the thing and said it was probably the best Mitsubishi-badged vehicle I've ever driven. Mitsubishi wouldn't even be in business today if the consortium of Renault and Nissan didn't invest in them, and they're part of that group, that joint venture. And that joint venture is what saved Nissan over 20 years ago. And now they're working their magic at Mitsubishi. And I say all this because I want you to know, Mitsubishi is actually throwing their hat in to the EV competition. They've recently announced in Automotive News 
that they're going to spend $10 billion to field some products with the Mitsubishi logo on it uh, for the American marketplace and around the world. Unfortunately, I start with a question. And, and yeah, I understand why it's $10 billion instead of $40 billion. Part of that is because they're going to leverage through the parts bin of what Renault is doing and what Nissan is doing. Let's be honest. As far as something that is uniquely Mitsubishi, they don't have the volume to support it. Meaning, they're going to be wandering through the parts bin of other things that both Nissan and Renault are already doing and coming up with vehicles for their dealers, for their dealer body, and for their customers. And honestly, automakers have been doing that for millennia. This is nothing new. The question I have, <laughs> the questions I have are several. First of all, will there be a Mitsubishi dealer body in the United States left to sell these? Because the products that they have now alone are not sustaining dealers. And again, they're not the only uh, dealer channel having that challenge. We talked about Lincoln a few weeks back. However, unlike Lincoln, which is very often paired with the Ford dealer, so it's less of an issue, Mitsubishi's are standalone. There's no other family make to link to them. So if you've been a Mitsubishi dealer hanging on for dear life all these years, the question is, one, most manufacturers are expecting their dealers to make a commitment and spend money to step up into the EV world. That means training. That means tooling. That means parts. A whole different way of doing things. That's number one. Number two, what they're doing at the same time usually is expecting the dealers to freshen up their dealerships. Remember, Automobile dealers are not owned by the factory. They are independent business people that are associated with the factory through what they call a franchise agreement. Basically, the dealer gets territory to sell uh, on behalf of that manufacturer for a given defined territory, and that territory is protected. But at the end, it is the dealer decision and dealer capital risk when you see a new building or all that extra inventory out there. That's the dealer, not necessarily the manufacturer. But again, $10 billion. I worry if it's enough and if, they're late, and if being this late to the party is going to help them even with Nissan's and Renault help. Because remember, we talked about Nissan being a little late. Nissan basically wrote the book 12 years ago, 13 years ago, with the first all-electric vehicle, the LEAF, about 2010. And then they kind of slept on it for a while. They bumped up uh, the range a little bit, but they kind of got behind and now they're playing catch up. Certainly Renault is going to help them with what Renault is doing. But again, even with what Nissan is spending, what Mitsubishi is going to spend, the question is, is it too little too late? Because remember now Nissan is spending the money. Mitsubishi is going to get the benefit of it, but that's after Nissan does. And Nissan's not totally out of the woods yet. So I wonder, according to the Automotive News article, it says it's Japanese automakers almost exclusively gasoline-powered U.S. lineup is out of step as the U.S. ratchets up at fleet emission standards, mirroring similar moves in Europe and China. Now, I have to be full disclosure, Mitsubishi has fielded in recent years a plug-in hybrid. 
and I believe that was their outlander, if I stand corrected, that they've had it. But again, not in the kind of volumes they would need, one, to support a dealer body, and two, to make this transition. And here's why I said this is going to be Nissan money, really. Because Mitsubishi said it will introduce nine new electrified models globally over the next five years, including EVs, hybrids, and plug-in hybrids. It's part of a rollout plan for 16 models, including traditional internal combustion vehicles. Mitsubishi by itself isn't big enough to feel that kind of expense. They ain't got the money. They don't have the volume. They don't have the plants. That is definitely getting some help from their partners, without a doubt. U.S. retailers said the brand promised to reveal the North American market product roadmap by the end of the year. And I would love to find out what that looks like. Among the electrified vehicles previewed in March was a two-row all-electric SUV, a two-row hybrid SUV, and a battery-powered pickup. That's definitely coming from Nissan, without a doubt, because Nissan's doing the same thing. And they expect the Nissan to be on the road by 2028. All I'm going to say is stay tuned. Because just because you're spending the money does not necessarily mean that they're going to be around to thrive. And I hope they are because they've produced some awesome vehicles in the past. And I'm kind of rooting for them. I'd like to see them uh, rise above it and thrive as a second tier niche Japanese brand. Time will tell. You are listening to the Tech Mobility Show. Are you tired of juggling multiple apps and platforms for meetings, webinars, and staying connected? Look no further than AONMeetings.com, the all-in-one browser-based platform that does it all. With AON Meetings, you can effortlessly communicate with clients, host virtual meetings and webinars, and stay in touch with family and friends, all in one place and for one price. Here's the best part. You can enjoy a 30-day free trial. It's time to simplify your life and boost your productivity. AONMeetings.com, where innovation meets connection. Get started today and revolutionize the way you communicate. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. These days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us.